This is the story of Error and the Scribe. Chapter 8 Kids These Days The next morning, we were woken by a sharp rapping at my door. Sue Ellen and Jake, the curious boy from the night before. It was a little earlier than I would have liked to rise, and I was not at all ready to have their optimistic faces urging me excitedly forward to the hardest job I would ever have to do. I told them to fuck off unceremoniously, then lit a smoke and laid back down in bed. If I was expected to kill a lot of people for them, then I was going to do it on my own goddamn time. I took a heavy draw off my smoke, letting its thick vapors fill and stretch my sleepy lungs, while Sue Ellen made some sort of plea for me to join them in the main hall when I was ready. She sounded less annoyed and more surprised than I would have expected. I didn't care. Fuck him. And fuck her, too. I knew I could only linger so long. I had promised to resolve this. To work out someone else's problem. Again. Being a halfway decent human being in the waste leads to a lot of shit like this. Everyone needs a hero. Era would say, everyone is a hero in their own way. And maybe that's the point. I can't stay here and create the world they envision. I got my own story to finish. And this place, these people's story doesn't begin or end with me. No matter what happens today, these folks have to go on living in this world. And that is an act of bravery. Believing you can make it better. Believing it is possible. Having enough hope to get up every day and make that happen. Shit. They're heroes. Some of them, anyway. I felt a bit bad for Sue Ellen and got up out of bed, heading for the bathroom. I tossed my cigarette in the toilet. It made a hiss sound and puttered out. When I sat down to take a piss, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. It had been dark both times I was in this room before. And now, with the sun beaming in through the window, I saw the entirety of my naked body for the first time in months. I was so thin, my wiry, thick muscles bulged around all two skinny arms. The entry points for the suit's injection were raised and hardened lumps, thick with dark veins. My hair was too long. I'd let it go for the last few years, just tying it off my face or hiding it under my hat. The woman in the mirror looked strong, mean, and a bit underfed. I made a mental note to get a haircut before heading out, flushed and started strapping myself back into my suit. Era saw this as a good cue to rejoin my consciousness, and I felt her enter my mind from wherever she'd been haunting in her off hours. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'll figure it out. No one has to die, Era. 
I was still holding on to that hopeful thought from earlier, but I wasn't convinced this was true. She could tell. Do you really think you'll be able to talk to the monsters? What if they kill and eat us, Scribe? Well, I hope they've got some tough chompers, because I'm made of steel wire and rocks. I said, smiling at myself, fully geared up in the mirror. I flexed my muscles like I was trying to win an award. Show off. We don't have time for your vanity. Let's talk POA. They want to show me the joint. Tell me about their miracles. I don't care about the mythos, but I do want an eye on the tech and the capacity of this facility. I have uploaded the specs for the facility's complete layout into your buffer memory. You'll know where you're going before you get there, anytime you want to access it. How are you for security hacks? If I get told no, can you get me a yes? I have managed to get some root passwords that should open a few locked doors to you, but scribe, aside from a field trip, you aren't going to find something I haven't. These people are keeping their secrets locked up tight. Well, we'll see. Perhaps if we're looking together, we'll come up with some creative solutions you hadn't thought of on your own. I want to know what Red Cinders is hiding. Okay, sis. Let's get down there. I'll bet there's coffee. You know just what to say to get me motivated. Having her with me was like having wind in my sails again. She made me feel whole. More than whole. Better not limited by physical form. She's my friendly ghost, and I'm an empty house without her. I found my way easily down to the main hall, now as familiar with these halls as the streets I grew up on. Most of the tables had been cleared, but there were a few people eating breakfast quietly by themselves. I saw Sue Ellen and Sol were sitting at the same table we were at the night before, this time, Sol was shoving fresh bread and leftover stew into his gnashing, bug-like mandibles. And yes, on the table was a fresh pot of steaming hot coffee. I helped myself to a cup and joined them at the table. Good morning, Sol. He nodded but didn't stop eating. Sue Ellen, look, I'm sorry about earlier. I should have warned you, I'm not much of a morning person. My awkward apology hung in the air. She hadn't expected it, and didn't know how to respond. It's... it's okay. Only, I wish you hadn't used foul language with Jake being right there. But, it's okay. You've missed breakfast, but there's still some cornbread and some baked yams in the kitchen. I'll fix you a plate. She got up to leave. I stopped her, and tried one more time to connect with her. Thank you, Sue Ellen. No, really. I looked into those big, pretty blue eyes. Thank you. She blinked, and tears welled up for a moment. Flecks of gold and pink flushed in the color-changing freckles on her face. I sat down and took a long sip of coffee. She smiled gently, a gorgeous, iridescent blush, and left us. Sol had stopped eating and was just watching this interaction with fascination. I think maybe she likes you. You think? She sure is pretty. But I think she likes me a bit too much. She likes what she thinks you are. And what's that? Her fucking hero. 
No wonder she doesn't like to hear you swear. It's too real. It fucks with her idea of you. I never promised to be a hero for her or any of these people, but if it'll get me laid by that beautiful woman, I'll let her think whatever she wants. I winked at him and took another sip of coffee. I was surprised to find there was some honesty in that sentiment. I was attracted to her, even though the very idea of her obsession repulsed me. But those eyes looking up at me, oof, they could make anyone feel like a hero. Soul looked uncomfortable, and that made me happy. Sue Ellen returned with the food and placed it in front of me, excitedly telling me about the school and the farms and all the wondrous things she wanted to show me. Her joy was positively overwhelming. I finished quickly and was led off to explore the facility. Sol stayed at the table and was brought another round of coffee and food. He just nodded knowingly as Sue Ellen dragged me away. First your ego, now you're entertaining this idea? Can't you stop thinking with your libido long enough to take this seriously? Error said in my head. I'm bored and this pretty lady likes me. Let me enjoy this for a bit, Error. I won't let it get in the way. Or are you dragging this out because you know this is going to get hard fast? I didn't respond. Sue Ellen's school was one large room in the basement of the theater, with a few folding tables and chairs, and a whiteboard. The small windows along the top of two walls had been blocked out with drawings and bright bits of colored paper. The wood-paneled walls were covered in paintings and poems, and there were rows upon rows of books lining the walls and stacked in corners. And there was what looked like a permanent blanket fort with a small abandoned play set up in front made of dolls and farm animals. Sue Ellen had 12 children, ranging from 4 to 15. I hadn't seen this many children in one place since I was a kid, since before my father took us into the wasteland to do some good in this world. They were all so lovely. Each one wore a broad smile, and the older ones looked like they'd worked hard in the sunshine just like everyone else. The younger children hung off the older ones, chasing each other and failing to focus on the lesson being given by an older girl. The moment we came in, the children were fascinated with my suit. They asked me if it was part of my skin. Could my laser pistol blow a hole in a man? If I was some sort of bug monster like the other man, and if I was going to make the monsters go away. Leave it to kids to cut to the heart of reality. Was I going to make the monsters go away? I just smiled at the kid that had asked that last one, then stood up and ruffled his hair. Sue Ellen, you've done wonders with this school. Such bright young people. They are truly happy. Thank you, Scribe. My children mean the world to me. She was genuine. She loved them. When she was around them, her freckles became a rainbow of cascading light. Her joy was not contained, her altar shame forgotten amongst the non-judgmental youth. I wanted to ask her where she came from, how she came to have such beautiful and unique alterations. She saw me staring at the light show on her skin and blushed. 
We should go. There is so much more to see. She took me to the labs, some of which I'd seen before. Experiments in unfamiliar lab equipment, people buzzing to and fro, busy with measurements, records, and a million little adjustments. I met some of the top researchers and listened to them opine about advancements in yields of crops and utilization of smaller spaces. But none of it made sense to me, really. Not until they took me to the forest. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening. And special thanks to my Patreon supporters, Live Food Girls and Lennon M. I couldn't do this without you. Tune in next time to find out how her garden grows. <laughs>